1: Welcome to the Baseball America podcast. Baseball America, bringing you baseball news you can't get anywhere else for more than 35 years. Now it's time to talk baseball.
0: Hey everyone, we're back with another Baseball America podcast. J.J. Cooper and Matt Eddy joining you again because we are rolling through with our division drafts. We are picking the top players that we want to put together on a notional team for each of us, the top players who were not number one prospects. So We're looking at the top tens for organizations, but you can't take the number ones, no matter how much you may like them. Before we do that, though, we do want to remind you, we would thank you for tuning in today. We thank you for the downloads. We thank you for the iTunes reviews that are anywhere you can review us. We appreciate that as well. Uh, But we want to remind you that our podcasts are brought to you by and sponsored by Baseballism, Baseballism is the official off-the-field brand of baseball, offering apparel for men, women, and kids. If you're a baseball fan, you need to check out Baseballism.com or visit their retail locations in Cooperstown, New York, and Scottsdale, Arizona. Right now, obviously, Scottsdale, Arizona, a great place to check it out because if you're going to spring training, Baseballism is there. Visit Baseballism.com and enter the code BA2017. That's BA2017, and save 20% on your order. So, Matt, we have done the National League West. You got the first pick there and maybe not the greatest team division to have the first pick so there wasn't a, <laughs> a clear obvious number 1
1: and we're alternating leagues so JJ gets the first pick
0: in all American, American league. All American so league drafts. I get to pick the first to give you the, a little rundown again we're picking 7 players per team per you know me I take 7 Matt picks 7 we alternate picks the number ones are off the board and we're not trying we're trying to get the most talent we're not trying to pick the best overall team, I don't need a catcher, I don't need to worry about doubling up on first baseman, anything like that, and then we will go back and look at this, as we did, if you go back to yesterday's podcast, uh, I believe that would have been uh, the uh, podcast on the 29th, or not the 29th, 29th doesn't exist, (laughs) it was on March 1st, the March 1st podcast, we ran through our picks from 2014 when we did this, so we're doing it again. So that gives me the first pick of the Astros, Angels, A's, Mariners, Rangers, non-number ones. So, and this one's an easy one to is, me. Well, so
1: off the board, right off the top. Francis, off the board. Francis Martes of the Astros, Jemai Jones of the Angels, mm-hmm. sorry, Franklin Barreto of the Athletics, Kyle Lewis of the Mariners, and Leody Tavares of the
0: Rangers. None of those are I available. know who you're going to take. You do know who I'm <laughs> going to take. And I am going to take Kyle Tucker.
1: I already scratched him off my list. Yeah, you can
0: scratch him <laughs> off your list. Kyle Tucker... Uh, sweet swinging left-handed hitting outfielder for the uh, Astros was our high school player of the year a couple of years ago. It was fun having him at the Baseball America Awards Gala a few years ago. Him and his brother, uh, fellow Astro Preston Tucker. Um, uh, again, if you're talking about a little short description of Kyle Tucker, I would say uh, Sean Green type. is. is I kind of like that comp, You know, going yeah. back a little ways. The but, body
1: comp, like Christian Jelic, more a more right. contemporary example. He's a
0: center fielder right now. He probably isn't a center fielder long term. But, again, defensive value in the corners. A guy who's athletic. Now, you may look at his stolen base totals and think he's a burner. He's not. But he really knows how to get jumps, steal bases. I don't expect that. I'm not counting on him. I'm not penciling him on a 2019 Cooperstown bound team that I expect him to steal 20 bags a year or anything like that. Okay. But I'm very happy with him as my uh, first pick here in the A.O. West.
1: Okay. Um, I'm going to go back to the Astros system and take David Paulino, the 6'7", six, 6'7", six, six, big guy. Right-hander. Yeah. A, a tall pitcher who breaks the mold because he throws strikes. Throws strikes. Throws three pitch types for strikes. You know, the, the numbers at AA are good. His brief Major League look, not so good, but... I think he's got the potential.
0: His stuff was a little down, with all with the exception of his last outing in the big leagues, which I think was like three or four outings. First couple of those, one of them was a pretty kind of emergency spot start. Mm-hmm. His st- He was more on that kind of low 91, 92. Last time he came out, it was kind of more in that the David Paulino range. We expect you're seeing some more fours and fives. The mm-hmm. um, question with him, obviously, is: is he going to be durable? Because so far, he's had injuries in the past. So far, he's never had a season. He he's on the uh, he's a lot older than Julio Urias, but think of Julio Urias's workload, but less <laughs> coming into the last season. So, and
1: one of the, truly one of the great pro scouting finds in baseball because the Astros got him kind of appended to the Jose Veras trade. Yes, when Paulino was in GCL and, and they knew he was his elbow was damaged and he had Tommy John. Yes, after joining Houston. So
0: that's a, that's I, one I, for the record books. That is that is a very good one. So I'm going to go back, and I'm going to be Alexis Bernicke, a uh, friend of uh, the pod and friend of BA. Uh, we'll appreciate this when I'm going. He can cross out Team C here. Yep. <laughs> so I'm going with Canadian outfielder and Seattle Mariners outfielder, Tyler O'Neal, uh breakthrough season last year in A, had uh, really improved almost at every measure last year, uh, was the best player in the Southern League, arguably. Power, but cut his strikeout rate at the same time kind of did the things that you kind of really uh, wanted to see him do. That's exactly what he did.
1: Okay. You know, this division being what it is, with the fourth pick, I'm going to take A.J. Puck of the Athletics, who, you know, one of the top or possibly the number one draft prospect last year, but he fell to number six to the Athletics. Uh, you know, off and on, college career.
0: on Off and on, pro debut.
1: yeah. And it's risky, but he has a plus breaking ball. I think the downside here is, is matchup reliever.
0: You yeah, I, I mean, there, there should at least be power stuff from the left side out of the pen. Um, the concern with him is, is that he was considered— again, it wasn't a great college starting pitching draft. It wasn't. Mm-hmm. But you would you would kind of think he was one of the best arms in that draft, one of the best starter pitchers. That being said, he was not I've said this before on the podcast— he wasn't not only not the, the Gators' number one option, he wasn't the number two option. And I don't know if he was their third option at the end of the season.
1: But he sure is tall and he sure is left-handed. Right. So You know, there's, the, there's, and it's funny. It's kind of, we talk about, you know, off off mic, we talk about how sometimes tall pitchers aren't all they're cracked up to be because they, have, they face more mechanical issues
0: and adjustments. And here I go, drafting two tall pitchers. One, two. <laughs> you can have it. Hey, Alex Meyer is on the board, dude. I, you know, you? if you want tall pitchers... <laughs> We got the tallest available there. So that puts it back to me. And I am going to go, I'm actually going to go Frank. I've got to stick with the Astros list here because it's a list that I put together, the order I put together. And we didn't really, I don't think, modify it much after I've turned it in. So I'm going to go Franklin Perez. I'm going to go upside uh, young arm, potentially the next in what seems like is a wave of young Latin pitchers that the Astros just keep producing. Uh, so Franklin Perez is my pick.
1: Okay. Uh, Upset City, another 2016 draft pick, uh, Matt Weiss of the Angels. Left-handed hitting, former catcher, now a first baseman. I think the bat's going to be there to get him to the majors pretty quickly. I think impact is the question here. Um, I think we know he can hit. We don't know how much power. Right. And I think 15 home runs is not unreasonable.
0: Who, I'm trying to think, who would you consider like a, a reasonable... Production, not looking about, you know, but a reasonable first base production comparison.
1: Yeah, you're almost looking hit over power. You know,
0: (laughs) the concern I have is, is, and this is not horrendous, but he's he's kind of a a Connor, he ends up being a Connor Jackson type.
1: Well, Jackson was a right handed hitter.
0: I'm saying, I'm saying, so this is is why I like, um, no, I mean, I'm saying just production. I wouldn't, vote, because you could say James Loney, you know, like that, mm -hmm. you know, hit over. But and I'm,
1: anytime you see a college first baseman doesn't have big power, you get Yonder Alonso kind of enters the consciousness. That's a scary place to be.
0: Although, again, I think Theis, the, But you, the, the point that does come out with this is all these guys we're talking about are guys. You know, again, if you want to go another former catcher, this would be even about Derek Barton. You mm-hmm. know, was a, a guy. You know, I, I think the hit tool for Thais is probably a little better than Barton. Right. But these are all kind of guys that come kind of come to mind. Um, but all these guys are big leaguers. We're not talking about not making it and doing something. It's just how much impact is he going to have.
1: Yeah, he had a nice debut in the Midwest League, so off to a good start.
0: Back to me. So you went with the sweet swinging questions about power, first baseman. I'm going to come back with, I'm not going to the, uh, big, uh, the big production first baseman just yet, but you got a first baseman already, so maybe I don't have to. I'm going to go Matt Chapman. Yeah. I'm going to go the uh, third baseman for the A's, number three prospect on our A's top ten. Uh, Chapman, had, what you know you're going to get with him is you're going to get great defense at third. Maybe the best arm infield arm in the minors, maybe in the majors, to be honest. It's a, it's a cannon of an arm. You're going to get power. He showed you power last year in A. He showed power in AAA. Um, what you do not know yet is, okay, is it going to be 240 with power, 230 with power? Because I think mm-hmm. if it is, I think he could be a productive big leaguer with that average. Is it going to be that, or is it going to be 200, 210, which means that he he kicks around AAA for a long time? Um, better version of Matt Dominguez is, is kind of a production comp that I have for him. The defense first, third baseman, but in whereas in Dominguez's case, the bat was a little light. There's at least power there for Chapman, I think, more than Dominguez ever had. But so that's why I'm taking Matt Chapman with my pick.
1: Okay, so for me, let's see. I would go, I'll take Jarrell Cotton of the Athletics. You know, even prior to joining the A's as a Dodgers prospect, it was 70, maybe if you saw him on his best day, an 80 changeup grade on this guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, not a huge fastball, but he picked up a cutter this year. And a good fastball, though. I mean, we're not talking, I mean. Good fastball. So I think he has the weapons to go after left handed batters. Which is what you got to see for a right-handed starter. Nice, nice uh, major league debut.
0: That's, all, yeah,
1: that's not, yeah. Not a high ceiling. I'm kind of talking myself out of it, but, yeah. but
0: proximity. Well, then that means you left me AJ Reed, and I will go AJ Reed. So the Astros, AJ Reed, first baseman who uh, was second. He finished uh, great 2015 season. Finished runner up in our uh, basically when we picked the minor league player of the year that year. And then he went out last year and was fine at AAA and was terrible in the big leagues. Now, it was uh, a pretty short stint. He's still eligible, so that tells you how short the stint was. But he's gonna have to do better this year. I don't think there's any question about that. That being said, I, I will still bet on the uh, production, the uh, what he's shown as a long track record production Former uh, College Player of the Year as well. I mean, this is a guy who did not just show up in 2015. Yeah, He's mm-hmm. a, uh, a walks and, and home runs kind of guy. Who's That's what his value is going to be from because he's big the, and slow and not going to provide a lot of What ball
1: scares ball. me about Reed is that the ghosts of John Singleton and Brett Wallace still haunt uh, whatever it is the Astros Park is called now. Minute Maid? Yes,
0: yes, they do. <laughs> John Singleton, who is uh, making, uh, hey, was brilliant of him. He signed a long-term deal (laughs) and making very good money to be a a AAA first baseman.
1: Well, I took my short pitcher, so now I'm going to take another tall pitcher. I'm going to take Forrest Whitley of the Astros, their first-round pick last year. I'm hitting that 2016 draft hard. Now, he represents pretty much everything I would ideally not want to target. (laughs) High school right-handers, first-round high school right-handers who are tall.
0: This is not he's, a, uh, he's, Matt, he's, a Matt any favor. Well, I told you, the, the previous draft
1: just didn't work. I had to change up. Yeah. And so. that is. You're, so you're
0: doing, you're doing basically the Seinfeld version of you're doing the Costanza. <laughs> yeah. You're basically whatever I want to pick. I'm, I'm doing the pick opposite. the opposite of it and see how that works out.
1: Forrest Whitley was sharp in the Gulf Coast League, but yeah, who cares?
0: Hey, check back in 2020 <laughs> uh, 20 on this and see if, the, uh, if, 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 if Matt's Costanza works out if
1: here. If he's in the top 50. On our top 100, it's a success.
0: Uh, but so that puts it back to me. And how many picks do we have left?
1: I have I've made five selections. Okay, I'm picked second, so we have so two so rounds two more left. each.
0: Okay, I, I need that from a strategy standpoint. Um, well, I think
1: that, Nate Smith will still be
0: there. Yeah, he, he will. Um, so from a strategy standpoint, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Teoscar Hernandez who I don't know where he fits in the Astros' uh, scheme right now, but I do like a, uh, again, we, I feel like we're talking about this a lot, these versatile, like we took, I took Andrew Tolles in the NL West. Tolles can play really all three outfield spots, has the arm to play right. Mm-hmm. Teoscar Hernandez, I think, very similar, can play all three outfield spots. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if he's a perfect fit in the corner, but again, it does seem like there's an increased emphasis on defense in the corners now compared to a few years ago. And he has defensive value, so...
1: And like you say, he can throw, which is an added bonus for an extra outfielder, if that's his future.
0: Yeah. So to me, you know, again, he kind of begins as an extra outfielder and kind of fits a role there and then maybe plays his way into a larger role uh, in the not-too-distant future beyond that. So that's where I'm going.
1: I'm going to take a personal cheese ball of mine. I'm going to take Ariel Jurado of the Mm -hmm. Rangers, their number three prospect. I skipped over Johander Mendez. Apologies, but uh, I like like Gerardo's mix of, of ground ball ability, excellent changeup, strike throwing ability. I think there's, there's like a mental toughness component to Gerardo too. We keep hearing that,
0: I think elevates him. Back to me, and there's still some good names on the board here for my uh, my final pick. You know, you have Frankie Montas, the hard throwing, if oft injured right hander with the A's now. And when you say the A's, you say. The A's, previously of the Dodgers, previously of the White Sox, and previously of the Red Sox. it uh, was part of that Jake Peavy trade to Boston. So he's on his fourth team, which I know that that's – I feel like if I leave him out there, Matt may leave him out there too because Matt is not a big fan of the uh, the four-time traded <laughs> four minor leaguer. As a, Four times traded as a prospect. So three times traded, I should say. Three think. times so Four-org minor leaguer. <laughs> um, so he's out there. You know, Hunter Mendez, you mentioned, is still out there. Uh, Nick Nieder, Mitch Haniger, Mitch Haniger, who proximity. I mean, he could be, he should be a very good chance. Your minor getting. league OPS leader last year, nine ninety nine. And the Mariners believe in him. They are uh, putting him in their outfit. it Looks like this year. Uh, then you have Uleski Guriel. What do you do with a thirty-two-year-old one of the best players in Cuban baseball history? I don't know what you do with that. Alex Meyer, if you uh, if Matt wants his six-foot-nine <laughs> right-hander, it uh, would complete the set. Derek Fisher, who, speaking of your play center, I don't know about center, corner, speed, power kind of guy, but I'm going to go with one of my cheese balls, even though I did the Astros list, even though I'm Hayes number 10 on, my list, on the list that I Ooh, turned in cheese there, ball. but I am going to go with Garrett Stubbs, and I'm going to go with Garrett Stubbs here with the 7th pick because of my draft, because... I really believe now Garrett Stubbs is an odd duck in that he is as small or smaller than any catcher you can find who has played in the majors in the 21st century, probably smaller. And with that, like, I think he's bulked up a little bit in spring training to try to carry some weight. But the reality is, is that Garrett Stubbs' metabolism, and all that means that as the season goes along, he doesn't get bigger, he gets smaller. That is to me the knock on Gareth Stubbs. You take that away, he's excellent defensively. Uh, he was, he's thrown out more than 40% of base runners. And when I say this, I mean he did that as a freshman in college, as a sophomore in college, as a junior in college, in his pro debut, in his next pro season. Probably did it in high school as well. He's done it pretty much everywhere he's ever gone. So, you know, it, it's.
1: Yeah, if, from the Astros perspective, how could you minimize that? if durability is going to be a concern can he pitch can he play the outfield and then come in to catch well he as has, a defensive replacement late in the game
0: he has done that I mean, like he has played a little bit of a, everywhere as a freshman at USC but he was so good defensively that eventually he just became a catcher um, cuz to me
1: he's the guy you want to pair with the relievers at the end of the game who are generally worse at hold at holding runners than starters are cuz they don't have to be as good
0: you're you're going more to me what he is is like and we wrote about this uh during the offseason that I think it really comes down to he's the kind of guy who you get... You don't get 120 games out of him. You're not expecting that. You're looking at more of a good 80 to 90. And so, like, to give you an example with the team he's on, like, that he's coming up with right now, Brian McCann, Evan Gaddis. Hmm. You know, I mean, they they got Max Stassi potentially as a third catcher right now. But for one, you could carry a third catcher on that team because Evan Gaddis is... Kind of a catcher. Mm-hmm. I mean, Evan Gaddis is going to play games as a DH probably as much as he ever does as a catcher. So he's not a guy who, you know, you kind of almost if the the days that you're DHing him, you want to have a third catcher on the roster so that you, if something happens to Brian McCann, you're not losing your DH to put Gaddis in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, McCann and Gaddis are both also both a little bit older, a little bit you know guys who you don't want either of those guys necessarily. Those guys can both DH a good bit. I could see, even by late 2017, a situation where Stubbs comes up and is useful in a two-to-three kind of day-a-week role. And like you said, maybe also, like, I don't think he's necessarily – I don't think the bat's good enough with that lineup that he'd be playing anywhere else, but a guy who may come in late in games because, okay, we're going to take those three innings off of Brian McCann's legs, but also – and the advantage we're going to get is is we're bringing a really good defender up by three. Those kind of situations. So – that's why I'm going with cheeseball Garrett Stubbs.
1: Okay. We'll talk about the guys left on the board after this, but I'm going to kind of – I'm going to take Andrew Moore of the Mariners. Now he's, number, oh. he's number five on the Mariners list. I'm just kind of intrigued by this guy. Excellent control. You know, you might not put a plus on any pitch, but maybe his changeup. Uh, it's a high-spin fastball, so he can pitch up in the zone. The,
0: uh, the question is, is, so what grade would you put on the fastball?
1: If he's consistently – because the major league average is close to ninety-two, ninety-three for starters. So.
0: I know it's a high spin, but would you be comfortable with a forty-five even on it?
1: Probably. The way if
0: it, he it, locates it, he spins it. He... Yeah,
1: because I'm you're thinking here upside. You're thinking, I know every every non-power right-hander always Kyle Hendricks, right? right. Kyle Hendricks, Marco Estrada are the go-to comps for this right. pitcher type. And I think, and they, and you know that I think if, if there's a, if let's say there's a twenty-five percent chance, Moore does that. That's that's what I'm banking on here.
0: Twenty. Yeah. So. I would have left, you know, me and my predilection. Mm-hmm. I am uh, not going to take a, uh, a starting pitcher with a really below a 50 fastball. But with, for me, a starting pitcher below a 55 fastball and as a prospect and generally feel like I, I will miss every now and then a guy and I'll be right a lot of times. So Andrew Moore would have been available on my end for a long time.
1: But who, but would, who was, who's in the conversation for the next group here?
0: To me, Frankie Montas is a guy who I think is more of going to be a reliever, but power reliever. I do think that those guys, you know, can have impacts, and I think he is a guy who can have an impact. He's he's not in the Arroyo Vizcaino phylum yet, as far as like Vizcaino is always been amazing stuff who gets hurt every year. Montas isn't there, but it, there's some similarities as far as just the durability side and the stuff well, side. The, the body type, though. I mean, body type's very different. Body type's different. more like Bruce Rondone or, yeah, b- or late career Jose Valverde. Body type is very, very different to those two guys. But I'm talking about, you know, I, I feel like, I mean, again, like Aroides knows a guy who it's been easy to get excited about him for a long, long time. You say, man, this stuff, he could really just dominate. And you go, okay, but can he do that? In April, May, June, July, and August. And usually the answer is, is no. If I can get up from them in June, July, August, or something like that, that's really kind of what you're hoping for.
1: Yeah, I looked at Grant Holmes, Dodgers first round pick a couple yeah. years ago, now an athletics pitcher. He was part of the Rich Hill trade. Uh, Cole Reagan's, the Rangers first yeah. round left hander. And
0: again, I, I really did think about Mitch Hanniger a little bit because Mitch Hanniger is a guy, again, I think when you're doing this, your proximity helps a lot of times, uh, you know, because that guy's going to be there before too long. I like Derek Fisher a lot. Um, Gurriel, you're Guriel's number eight in this list. I feel like we could have kept drafting for a long time and he would not have been uh, taken just because he's, he's going to turn 33 this year. And it's really hard, like, okay... He's counted on right now. I mean, he's battling A.J. Reid for that first base job.
1: And would he even be the top Cuban in your draft? Would you take him
0: above Andy Ibanez of the Rangers? Hmm. Hmm. Probably, yes. I mean, just because I I feel like you you should get something pretty quick out of Gurriel. But, it's hey, if we're talking about this, we talked about our 14 list in 17. If we're talking about our list in 20, Lesky Gurriel is going to be hanging on at best probably in 2020. That is something working against him when you're talking about. (laughs) When you compare him to guys like Forrest Whitley, who you drafted, who will still be probably in the minors in 2020. So kind of interesting how that works out. I
1: also looked at Brandon Marsh a little bit, the Angels' uh, second-round pick last year. Second-round pick. We just don't know much about him because he had the major back
0: back injury. Back injury, so basically a long uh, protracted negotiations to sign and then really didn't do, you know.
1: But you know what? But he is. I'm a little more optimistic about the new Angels regime. So I was thinking, I'll give them a vote of confidence here.
0: But so that is our uh, AL West uh, group. So we will uh, be back uh, again. We'll kind of keep keep rolling through this. We hope you're enjoying this. So we will be back with the the National League Central tomorrow, Um, so we keep rolling through these. Before we do that, though, we do want to thank you for your downloads. Thank you for listening to the Baseball America podcast, which is brought to you, as it always is, by Baseballism. Baseballism is the official off-the-field brand of baseball, offering apparel for men, women, and children. If you're a baseball fan, you need to check out baseballism.com or visit their retail locations in Cooperstown, New York, and Scottsdale, Arizona. Visit Baseballism.com and enter the code BA2017 to save 20% on your order. So, Matt, we'll be back with Matt having the first pick as a National League team with the National League Central tomorrow. But for Matt Eddy, I'm J.J. Cooper. Thank you again and see you tomorrow.
1: This concludes our program. Want more in-depth baseball coverage? Be a better fan. Visit BaseballAmerica.com to get more comprehensive baseball coverage.